Female sexual dysfunction, or FSD, has long been underdiagnosed and undertreated in clinical practice. But in recent months, notable leaders in women's health have stepped forward to push for new recognition and prioritization of this disorder to the forefront of the FDA. Today, we're joined by one of those leaders who helped jumpstart this critical development. You're listening to ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz. With me today is at Omnia Education's Women's Health Annual Visit in Chicago is Dr. Michael Critchman. He's Executive Director of the Southern California Center for Sexual Health in Newport Beach, California. Dr. Critchman, welcome to the program today. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. It's wonderful to be here. So let's start with the events that have been transpiring to put FSD on the map. You were there in person. You listened to a number of speakers. You did some speaking yourself. You know this issue from the practice standpoint better than anybody. What can you tell us about the recent developments? Well, it was really exciting. I think the FDA made some uh, remarkable progress. They came out with a list of several health concerns which really reiterated the concept of unmet medical need. And female sexual dysfunction was one of these uh, important topics that was brought to the forefront. At the end of October, just recently, they reconvened a two-day seminar which included the voice of patients on day one and advocates. And then on day two, it was a scientific panel followed by public speakers and really made some remarkable progress, really understanding about the unmet medical need. And the big issue that has always been the forefront is this discrepancy between men and women. As you know, there's 26 approved medications for male sexual health concerns and issues, and really zero on the other side. So I've been involved with a variety of different organizations, including Your Voice, Your Wish, which was a petition, as well as even the score.org, which is really a remarkable organization that has really come together in terms of female advocates and working towards equality and the ability of women to have a voice in terms of therapeutic options. Of course, the mainstream concept was that we encourage the FDA to approve safe and effective medications, but really hold them to the same standards that they've been using for many, many years with men. So it was a very exciting opportunity. We had two full days. The first day was really a a very emotional day for everybody because uh, women came from far distances who are suffering from hypoactive sexual desire disorder or HSDD. They brought their husbands and partners and we were listening primarily to their story and the impact of this medical condition that's really untreated and how it impacts not only them their femininity, but their relationships, and uh, almost every aspect of their lives. Followed by that, there was advocates that were um, well-versed in what is going on in Washington and what have you, and they spoke uh, very eloquently about some of the dangerous things that women may be engaging in because of a lack of therapeutic options. So it was really very, very well attended. It was sold out, over 300 participants. The following morning, I actually uh, arrived early to try and get one of the public forum spots, and I was uh, fortunate enough to be number 12 out of 15 to speak at the end of the day. There was a a panel of 12 experts uh, from a variety of different fields all over the country, And there was some formal presentation and then a lot of discussion about endpoints, about um, 
what uh, is valid uh, for women in terms of recall period. And it was by and large very, very encouraging that um, the prevailing concept was it was an unmet need. Uh, women themselves understand what's going on. Uh, desire and arousal are separate entities when we come to clinical research and really using very well-defined endpoints. So, you know, by and large, I'm very excited about the meeting. I think that there is a lot of good momentum forward. Uh, I think, you know, my concept has always been that uh, women are strong and smart. I said that in my talk, and that women will choose the appropriate therapeutic, whether it's hormones, whether it's counseling, whether it is behavioral changes, or whether it's a medication, they'll partner with their clinician as they develop their therapeutic alliance, and they'll choose what is uh, right and effective for them. And I think it was all about choice and options, and really the whole concept is that women deserve the opportunity to have a voice and be heard. So it was nice that government is listening. Well, speaking of the listening, you touched upon two major points here. One is the unmet medical need, and the other one is this glaring disparity in treatment options for women compared to men. Let's start with the unmet medical need. If you take us through a rundown of FST, despite the fact that it seems to be often ignored, um, both on the policy level and even the clinical level, it seems to be very highly prevalent. Um, how commonly is FSD being experienced, if not diagnosed? Well, I think if you look at the concept, there's this whole concept of the number of 43% of uh, people have sexual health problems. And again, I think the prevalence is quite high, but we really have to be very careful about not over-diagnosing. And when we look at the incorporation of distress and really having impact on the woman or the couple or what have you, we're seeing that number roughly around 10%. And the most common one is lowered libido or hypoactive sexual desire disorder. And what was interesting is, in spite of the fact that the new diagnostic manual came out and kind of lumped desire and arousal together as one entity, I think what was reinforced at the FDA is these are separate. And women experience them very separately and distinctly and are aware of those separation. And for clinical trials and therapeutics, very often we have to target one area or another. So very prevalent, under-recognized, and really very often we are very limited in what we can offer our patients. And and I think from day one, we really heard the uh, really suffering in silence. In my talk on day two, I reiterated the concept. I was hearing the word complex, complex. Women are so complicated and complex. And I basically told the FDA that I stopped counting at 20 when I heard them say that. And I think for my thought process really is we've overcomplicated women and we've undersimplified men. And really we need to have that balance between sexual medicine, neurobrain chemistry, as well as sexual psychology and fatigue and stress and what have you. And it's a, it's a very important, delicate balance for both men and women. And we know that it's multifactorial and multifaceted as well. And did that multifaceted argument uh, surface a lot at the FDA from other experts who 
believe it would be difficult to develop new treatment lines for FSD because of that complexity, quote-unquote. You know, there was a, a very small minority of naysayers who really were really against the concept of medication. However, the prevailing sentiment, both from the FDA and the audience and the participants, was that this was an unmet medical need and that the voice of women needed to be heard. Clearly, you can diagnose FSD. Uh, There are validated screeners that are easy to implement in clinical practice. And it's very easy to differentiate a biological cause or a change in hormonal neurochemical imbalance as well as involve the relationship. So again, if you look at the diagnosis, you really have to exclude relationship and or psychological factors. So clearly, I think the consensus was that just like men have biological, ideological factors, so do women. And again, I think it was a very positive step I think that we're going to see much more momentum in terms of therapeutics developed and much more of a collaborative approach between the FDA and industry because of the voice of patients. And I mean, it was uh, resounding. It was uh, exceptionally emotional in terms of the voice of what these women were experiencing. Uh, It's not just this esoteric, emotional concept Uh, It really shakes women down to their core in terms of their overall feeling of femininity, how they function, and how it has far-reaching implications on the impact of their overall general health as well. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to ReachMD. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz, and I'm joined by Dr. Michael Critchman from the Southern California Center for Sexual Health in Newport Beach, California. We're talking about female sexual dysfunction and the push for recognition in clinical practice, health policy, and drug development. So, Dr. Critchman, to come back to that, um, what was the most moving aspect, if you could even pin anything down, um, from some of the perspectives that were shared at this event? That you witnessed? Well, I think, you know, for me, it was all really about the patients. And I think these women traveled far distances. They gave up work, children responsibilities. They came to tell their story. And what I think was exceptionally impactful was the concept that uh, desperate people do desperate things. And we heard stories of women trying a variety of different products that were off-label, that some worked, and some develop serious side effects and I think the the resounding emotion was this is a, a very important concept and a very important unmet medical need for women that they are really suffering in silence and they really need options a resounding yes was patients want to be helped and clinicians want to help them I think that uh, the outcome of this meeting was that we'll have a clearer path forward in terms of therapeutic development, uh, endpoints, and really recognizing that this is a a valid condition, which has been uh, from the get-go. I think from the beginning of the discussion, the FDA was really recognizing this was an unmet medical need, that they needed guidance in terms of how to develop that in a clear path forward, and I think it was quite uh, essential. I think that, for me, the concern about, you know, unregulated, undocumented 
medications, including things like uh, unapproved testosterone, was very important. You heard women enduring side effects as well and financial challenges to find clinicians that would be willing to treat them as well. So I think the, the bottom line, the most emotional concept was really the voice of the patients and really listening to them and really recognizing their courage that they had in order to come and speak before you know, the government and speak before a, a huge panel of 300 strangers was really uh, quite remarkable for everybody that was there. And with the momentum that was hopefully generated from that event, what kind of changes do you hope or anticipate to see down the road now? Well, I think down the road for, for me as a clinician and for me as a researcher, I think there's going to be much more opportunity. I think that there are uh, several medications in the pipeline that now can have open, honest dialogue with the FDA and that I am very optimistic that hopefully in the near future we'll have a therapeutic to offer some patients under selected circumstance. And again, I think it's about choice. Medication is not for everybody, but women deserve the opportunity to make that decision with their health care provider. Well, with that, I very much want to thank my guest, Dr. Michael Critchman, for helping shed more light on this struggle for recognition by patients and practitioners dealing with FSD. Great to have you with us again today, Dr. Critchman. Thanks, Matt. It's always a pleasure to be here and chat with you. Thanks again for having me. Thank you. This is ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz. For comments and questions or to download this interview, visit us at ReachMD.com. And thanks again for listening.